This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand many of our listeners may not agree with all of our viewpoints. However, we hope you can bear with us in order to hear unadulterated true crime cases. We are not licensed therapists, nor are we able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source material included for each episode. Now Now let's get get weird. Welcome back to another episode of All Listens Worldwide. I am back with the host of Political Prisoner Podcast, Grace. Let's give it up for Grace. Woo. Hi. (laughs) So like I mentioned in the last episode, uh, she is going to be taking over this episode. She's going to be covering a case. So I'm going to hand the baton over to you, Grace. Okay, so I am currently right now covering the case of the state of Ohio versus Sean Paul Swain. It's a, it's a case that I, it's my first case that I've ever done on a podcast. And I just launched my podcast over the summer. So it's very brand new. Yeah. But I've been working with Sean for like a year now. And, you know, initially I just wanted to kind of go through case by case really fast. But then after I started looking at his case, it was kind of, it's hard to move on because right. I think, you know, he's been serving 32 years for something he didn't do. Right. I know that um, it's hard with these cases, though, because they did do some semblance of the crime. Right. Like, it's not like totally fabricated everything, but how far it goes. Yeah. So basically, in 1991, Sean was 21 years old. And he had a girlfriend that he had recently moved in with at 21 years old. And the 90s are so different because he was already divorced. Oh, wow. He was out of the military, recently out of the military. So he had, um, was like an army. He was in the army for like two years doing supply clerk. Okay. Wow. He he, lived a whole life. Yeah. He's 21 and it's like he's living in with his girlfriend and she had two kids she was 23 and her ex-boyfriend was 26. So her ex-boyfriend is related to somebody that worked in the local courts. Okay. And she was also like a member of the Democratic Party. Um, it was his aunt. So what happens is, is there's a custody dispute. And the, the man's name is Andrew and he's supposed to come and pick up the kids on Friday but instead he goes out and doesn't come and get the kids and then on Saturday he wants to get the kids and the girlfriend Diane you know Sean's girlfriend Diane is like no you can't you missed your chance but their relationship also was abusive not Sean's and Diane's Andrew's and Diane's so there's a history of domestic violence in their relationship It's, uh, you know, recorded in the courts and stuff like that. So what Sean says happens is that he came over threatening him and there was an altercation and Andrew Crouch died from the altercation. 
Oh, wow. Okay. That's a bad situation. It is. It's a really, it's a really bad situation. But, um, you know, Sean was initially charged with voluntary manslaughter. You know, the very next day, the prosecuting attorney who works with the aunt at the court, you know, is saying in the newspaper that um, they're putting a case together against Sean and those kind of things. So within a month, Sean has now charged with aggravated murder. And they're saying that Sean lured him over there. Oh, so yeah. So, but like, so my podcast kind of goes into like all the evidence that the state has against Sean actually doing that. And there really is none. Like, how do you prove that he did that? I don't know how they prove that he did that. It, it's really just um, kind of a witch hunt because they they talk about, and this is the 90s, so there was this um, a Ouija board Okay. they confiscated from his house because apparently the night, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so bizarre. So Andrew... Crouch believed that Sean was a Satan worshiper. Oh, okay. okay. So this was something that really bothered him. And there's like a witness that comes into trial and says, yeah, the night before Andrew was drinking and talking about him being a Satan worshiper. And that's what Sean says he was saying to him when he was like threatening him and stuff. Was there like a report on how he died? Um, he, there, it was stab wounds. Okay. So Andrew was stabbed, you know, they, they had like this kind of dynamic going where it was like, Andrew had threatened Sean with a gun previously. I mean, and this is all acknowledged. It's in the newspapers. It's in the courts that this kind of stuff did go on. And, um, they said that Sean had threatened him with a grenade, they searched like a lake for a grenade and it was never found. It's just a very, it's so 90s because it's so like out there. Yeah. It's like yeah. you got the Ouija board, the Satan worship. Right. It's just, um, it, it looks to me like the prosecuting attorney doesn't have, doesn't have much of a case for murder. Maybe the involuntary manslaughter. I think, you know, that's like about as high as you could get maybe proving but Sean you know the prosecuting attorney goes to a grand jury he says to the newspaper so he talks to the newspaper and he says that he has to bring this case to this specific grand jury because it's a seasoned grand jury and that's who he needs to hear the case and that's when the charges go up from what the police charged him with was voluntary manslaughter which was pretty high too in a case of like self-defense and then um you know, to go to aggravated murder, yeah. you know, is just really high. So Sean, uh, you know, that's what they end up charging him with. And he goes to court. But there's certain evidence that is missing at the time. So like Sean says that the door jam was kicked. He kicked down the door to get into the apartment. And there was no pictures of any of this of the crime scene. Hmm. you know which nobody understood why that was like that right you know they never found this grenade that they said that sean had they said that sean was writing a book and it was about how to murder people and they never found the book 
but Sean was like on a scholarship. He had gotten a scholarship to for English. So he was a writer at the time. Yeah. But yeah, so he has this, you know, he goes to court. They don't let his expert witness testimony into the court. So he's found guilty. So he's found guilty of aggravated murder and he is sentenced to 20 years to life. And he brings through like his defense attorney, he's able to challenge the courts and his case does get overturned. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it gets overturned and it's because they didn't let him have the expert witnesses is what they say, you know? So. Yeah. And the fact that they couldn't produce all the things that they were claiming that he had like the grenade. I feel like that shouldn't even have been mentioned if they didn't have it as concrete evidence along with the, the book that apparently he was writing. Like, if you don't have that, I feel like you can't introduce that because then they are supposed to, the jury is supposed to understand that as actual evidence. And if you don't have that and it was never even on the table, then why is it even being mentioned? Right. I didn't understand that either. And it's like, you know, the girlfriend says that her boyfriend, Andrew, had, you know, physically assaulted her while she was pregnant, that oh. he had pushed her down the down the stairs, that he tried to light her hair on fire. To me, it's like this guy could have went over there pretty pissed off if she's trying to keep him from his kid yeah for sure you know like yeah. that's you know but I feel like also because it's the 90s they don't take that very seriously not you know like not like now it's more serious but in the 90s it was kind of like oh that's just domestic like issues you know that doesn't really involve the police or anything that's just like whatever boyfriend girlfriend ex you know, like, then you can see that if it's constantly being aimed at her, then if somebody is dating her, wouldn't that be, like, a bad position for that person that is dating her and, you know, implicate more things and complicate more things when it comes to how he died? Because obviously he has a temper towards her. He's gone violent towards her. So, the boy, the new boyfriend is only an extension of her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I found it like very problematic because it's just, um, to me, like that sounds like it could be self-defense. Right. And aren't we allowed to, you know, if, if anybody's been in a domestically violent relationship, you shouldn't be scared. Right. To defend yourself. No. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but, you know, but that does happen. It's a typical thing where, you know, a lot of times women are not taken seriously mm -hmm. or other people. It's not just women who are in domestic violence relationships. So it was, I thought it was really crazy. Even like the argument of the prosecution at all, that it was just like, forget about, you know, because sometimes, you know, you bear some responsibility for your behavior. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And was she called as a witness? She was. And okay. that's that those were the kind of things she would say, like, oh, but he never hit anybody else, right? Well, she, no, I never saw him hit anybody else. Like, you yeah. know, so it's like she testifies that he tried to light her hair on fire. They just make like him out to be the biggest victim of all 
it stinks. Like, I feel bad. I hate being like in the position to be like, you know, I know he lost his life and I don't think he deserved to die. But I think like people are going to respond to you and your behavior. Right. There's always a cause to an effect. And uh, you, you get what you, you put out. So I mean, if he went there with intentions of violence, he most likely would be met with violence. Right. So the case gets overturned, I guess. Right. Right. You know, the case gets overturned. And um, in this second trial, they're going to bring the charges again. And the, they do have the pictures now of the door jam. It is involved in the second trial. So there's like, um, you know, splintered wood that you can see on the floor. But um, it still doesn't go Sean's way. They still mm-hmm. keep out the expert testimony again. And um, one of the experts that was supposed to testify is actually a really famous a memory expert his last name is Falero okay so I think he's written books and stuff and he's testified in many court cases because the you know the prosecution was trying to say that Sean like said he only stabbed him twice and it was four times and you know this guy was going to say like well when you're you know traumatized by something your memory isn't going to be yeah but they wouldn't let the testimony in again which I don't know how they got away with it, but they were able to keep it out again. And Sean got convicted again. And he's just been in prison ever since he, every parole hearing is denied. Um, And there's so many like cases that bear his name, like in the Ohio Supreme court. But um, one of the things that happened and I think like kind of plays a role in why he's not being, even considered for parole because I, I I can't understand that either like why is he not even it's been 32 years right right you know and um why is he not even being considered for parole well he has actually um I guess you would say became radicalized in prison so he's an anarchist now oh. and he was he had written something to an environmental um magazine and they had been raided by the fbi and his writings were found in there oh wow and they tied it they said they tied it to a riot or some sort of you know potential uprising nothing actually happened okay but they're saying like so nobody did anything at the prison, but they're saying that he was trying to get people to do something at the prison. Right. And so I think that's why now, like, there's there's now, like, this added, like, political motivation to keep him there. Wow. wow. Because it's it doesn't seem right that, like, 32 years, like, I've we you cover true crime like I've heard people like poison their spouse and get less time (laughs) you know or like kill somebody for for some money and they don't get not that I think that that's right or anything it just seems like it's a really harsh punishment especially right and he um you know he was 21 right like he's 52 now oh my god yeah like that's crazy to me so his mother has passed away his father has passed away and he has no siblings wow 
Yeah. So it's a, it's a rough case to follow for me because I think like, I do think that he acted in self-defense. I think he was 21. Yeah. Right. He was young. You know, I don't think he understood at that young of an age what other people are capable of when it comes to like domestic violence. If you don't know mm. domestic violence, you don't know domestic violence. Right. It's, right. it's absurd. The things that people like that will get mad about and the links they'll go. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and the gravity of violence and, you know, if you're in a domestic violence uh, relationship, it will most likely lead to death. So it's just the severity of it is really unknown to a lot of people. And it the fact that it is unknown to a lot of people is just baffling to me. Just just be, maybe because a lot of people don't speak out about it or didn't speak out about it. But now that more people are starting to talk about it because it's not as taboo I think it's really opening up a lot of people's eyes yeah I mean and even like with um having somebody sit for so long and having a conviction why wouldn't you if it was Sean calling him why wouldn't you present that because that would only strengthen their case so that's what I to me it seems like it was the other way around right yeah just like the pictures of the door jam you know, and the prosecution even like changed some of the story because they said in the first trial that Sean had stabbed him in the back and they had like their coroner say this or their medical examiner or whatever. And then Sean had a medical examiner in the second trial say, no, that's not what happened. It would have had, it couldn't have came from the back. It had to come from the front. And they like explained why. And then that new medical expert changed their testimony so that it was now, yeah, you're right. It happened in the front. It wasn't an attack from the back. Because you know that when you attack somebody from the back, that's not self-defense because they're they're getting away from you. Right. Somebody coming towards you, then you, you know, you block and you do whatever you have to do. So mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So, yeah, there's like, there's a bunch of different things and that's what I'm covering. So if anybody listens, I just go by... Right now I'm getting to the first trial. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to the second trial yet. So that's where I'm at in the in the show. That's First great. it's all about the custody and then it's all about the investigation. Now I'm doing the trial and then I'll do the second trial. And then I'll do like the aftermath and 32 years. I just, I can't even believe how long, what a long time. And are you in contact with Sean at all? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I I would say we are now friends. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, which I didn't expect that, you know? I didn't, I thought, like I said, I thought I'd just keep moving on, but then it was like, I can't move on. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he's, I, I, he shouldn't be serving. He should have a chance. I just, I feel like he didn't, I feel like he acted in self-defense. That's my opinion. Right. So, it's hard. Yeah, I, I, have felt that way towards specific cases where I'm like, how do I move on from this? Because of, you know, all the the mystery behind it or the the unknowns, the the gravity of the situation. Um, so a lot of factors. So there's cases like that that I hold in my heart too. So I definitely know where you're coming from. Yeah. 
yeah as you know of course it's the first one that I do that I just can't walk away from (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) that's how it goes right (laughs) yeah yeah I'm really excited to hear about how you take it piece by piece and I'm sure that you going over it with the fine tooth comb will maybe lead to something you know positive for him and you know, it could lead to something and we just never know. So I think that you're doing an awesome job. And I know this is your first case, but going about it piece by piece, I think is really amazing. So I applaud you. you. I can't wait to hear it in its entirety. And if you guys are interested, like I said, in the previous episode, I'm going to have all of her socials and her links to her podcast so that you can follow up and listen to Sean's story as well. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for joining us, uh, Grace. We hope that we do this again sometime because this was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right, Sinner. All the Sins Worldwide was written, recorded, edited, and produced by our co-hosts and creators, Jess and Mims. We truly want to thank our listeners, collaborators, friends, and family that continuously support us and for all the love we receive. If you enjoy our show, please give us a glowing review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. And email us your sinner tales at allthesinsworldwide at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins Worldwide are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and like us on your favorite streaming platform.